Welcome to Beyond the Pillion. My name is Kahiwa Sabaya. I use she, her pronouns and I am the chaotic one. And my name is Mark Drexler. I use he, him pronouns and I've never owned a thousand cc bike because I'm actually okay with the size of my penis. (laughs) But before we start today... I would like to, of course, acknowledge that today we meet on the traditional lands of the Ghana people where we are recording this podcast and would like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. And today we will be talking about pre-ride checks, which is something that is very important. Many, many people I know don't do them. And we want to, I want to talk a bit about what they are and why they are so important. So let's talk about a recent event. Kahiwa, yes. your road trip. Tell us about it. Where'd you go? How many Ks and how, how'd the bike hold up? My road trip, our road trip. I don't remember how many Ks. Our road trip. You, you I think counted it was about them Ks. I didn't. 1,600, I think, 1,600 kilometre round trip, somewhere around there. That is true. Yes, we went from uh, southern Adelaide over to Ballin in Victoria, uh, direct via Horsham and then back uh, via the Great Ocean Road. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was wonderful, and the bike went mm-hmm. fantastically. Um, so we we were doing kind of oh taking turns, one on the bike, one in the car, um, to mm-hmm. kind of get us there and back because I, I didn't have a huge confidence in my brain or my body to actually handle all of that riding all in one go. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but I would say the bike did fantastically. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. It um, it didn't miss a beat along the way. Uh, part of that is just because it's an incredibly reliable, reliable bike. Um, secondly, I made sure that I had had it uh, fully serviced before we hit the road, and part of that was uh, about making sure that before we were heading out each day, making sure that we were doing a bit of a, a bit of a run through of uh, some of the basic things on the bike before we started hitting the road, because yep. I really didn't want us to get stuck in the middle of country Victoria from something that could have been particularly avoidable. So yeah, I, I think I would, I would agree with you that uh, yeah, the bike didn't really miss a beat. No, I mean, I call her Goldilocks. Well, I refer to her as my Goldilocks mm. bike for a reason because she is just an absolute treasure. Uh, but certainly, um, yeah, yeah, doing doing the checks on a regular basis, even when we're at home, just going mm-hmm. out for a ride on the weekend or you know, regularly going out to work, those kind of checks are something that we would mm-hmm. be doing. And when I say we, I mean you. <laughs> and I try and encourage you. I, I try and encourage you to... <laughs> get into the habits of doing the things that I do. Uh, Sometimes that's a bit of a challenge, but that's okay. I tend to liken pre-ride checks uh, as well. It's a little bit like looking after your teeth, Mm. that if you go and talk to your dentist, then your dentist is going to say to you that you need to floss every single day, you need to brush twice a day, and you need to go to your dentist at least once uh, once a year. Um, Otherwise, your teeth are all going to fall out and all hell will, will break loose inside your mouth. Um, but the reality is that for most of us, yeah, we don't look after them as well as we should. But hopefully most of us at least at least run a brush over them once a day, for goodness sake. Um, if you're not, then yeah, try doing that. Um, 
But uh, the, the moral to that story is that looking after your motorbike and doing those pre-ride checks is a bit like looking after your teeth in the sense that at least doing something is better than nothing. Mm. It is a spectrum of discipline and rigour that, yes, you could spend 15, 20 minutes before you jump on the bike every single time going through a great big checklist, but odds are you're not going to. So at least trying to get into some of the, um, what I would call the bare minimum of uh, of just checks before you jump on a bike uh, is something that you should be doing. If not every ride, at least do it every couple of rides. At least do it once a week. Just try and do it as often as you can and get into that habit of doing it. doesn't take long and it can make a big difference. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I think last uh, couple of episodes ago, we, we talked about riding to stay alive and, and riding to try and get home. Um, and when we talked about that, oh. we were yeah, saying you can reduce the likelihood of a risk um, actually occurring. And these kinds of regular checks are really a, a good way to reduce the likelihood of a risk occurring um, and or likelihood of an issue kind of popping up. Uh, and so as regularly as you can, ideally before any ride, please don't be like me. <laughs> and yeah, this is going to reduce the risk of an incident actually happening on the road, um, as well as helping you identify mm-hmm. kind of small problems before they actually turn into big ones. So Mark, what's your the first thing Absolutely. on your list? Um, well, actually, just one more thing I'll throw in there. If if you like saving money, do these checks because it will help you notice little things before they turn into bigger and much more expensive ones. Mm. So not only is it good for your safety and good for risk reduction, it will save you money in the long run if you notice something that's a small problem before it turns into a potentially a much bigger, more expensive one. So um, yeah, so the, the ones that I, I run through and we'll, we'll um, take it in turns going through this. So the, the first one, and a critically important one, is getting to know your tyres and keeping an eye on them. So the first really obvious thing I would say, does it look like they've got air in them? Now, I know that sounds dumb, but I see I see bikes that come into the dealership, into the workshop that are riding on, either currently riding on tyres that are half flat or that I can see evidence on the tyres that they have been at some point run for extended periods of time with low, uh, with low air pressure. Now, um, what does that mean when you are, if, if you ever have the misfortune of riding a bike with very flat tyres, uh, it'll do a couple of things. So firstly, it'll make particularly your steering around corners and probably your braking as well. It'll make your bike handle very, very badly. Um, and to the point, depending on, on how low they are, can also make them very dangerous in terms of if you are going through a corner and then you find out that you've lost a lot of tyre pressure and your your bike is just not going through that corner anymore. So it's incredibly dangerous. Um, and it, uh, it, it can also lead to damage to the tyre itself if you run on... Uh, run on low low pressures in particular high pressures would do it as well but um, the easiest way to check I was trying to think of how to explain this and the easiest way to check about how to spot a tire that's out of shape particularly on the front if you were to stand on the at the front of your motorbike looking straight at the headlight and then go stand so that your head is directly over the front wheel and then have a look at the very front point that you'd be able to see on your tyre and have a look at the shape of that and see, does it still look nice and round? 
Um, if it does, all good. If it looks like there's kind of, if it's going into a V shape or if there are irregularities in that surface, then go and get it checked out by a bike shop because it may be that uh, your your tyre has been run for extended periods of time on low pressure and that it has started to lose its shape. Mm. On the rear on the rear one, uh, probably the bigger risk that you find on rear tyres is um, squaring off the tyres. So particularly for people who ride their bikes in long distances in a straight line, like commuting over uh, long distances, eventually you will see wear on the in the centre of the tyre, particularly on the rear, because that's where it just tends to get chewed out. So um, go and look, uh, look at them for shape. Check the air pressure. So get yourself an, an air gauge. You can buy them from your local tire auto place for about ten bucks. And you know, bonus points for for every, even if it's every week, even every two weeks. Just semi regularly check your tire pressures and make sure that they're at least close to what they're meant to be. Uh, next question is, what are they meant to be? Check your, your owner's manual for your particular bike. Sometimes they'll also have the tire pressures on the swing arm, which is the thing that connects the rear tire, sorry, the rear wheel to the back of the bike. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will have them stamped on there. Um, and double bonus points for before every ride and even after a ride when you get off, just spending 10, 15 seconds looking at the bits that you can see on the exposed parts of your tyres front and back just to see does it look like there's anything sticking in there. Um, yeah, nails or screws or bits of metal. Does it look like there's any damage to the tyre, any uh, yeah, any cuts that have occurred on the tyre. It will take you almost no time. Every time you get on and off, just quickly look at the front, quickly look at the rear, and does it look like there is anything at all untoward with it? Um, I can't harp on this enough, but your, your tyres, you have two very small patches of rubber that are the only things holding you onto this planet when you're riding a motorbike around. So take them seriously. Rant over about tyres. Kahiwa. <laughs> Next one. It's a good rant. It's an important rant. Um, so the second thing on the list here is looking for wet spots. Uh, I, I'm sorry? Looking for wet spots on the ground under the bike in particular. <laughs> sorry, I just want you to hear that say that again. Uh-huh. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so generally speaking, um, I, I think good rule is that fluid should be in the bike, not uh, around uh, or underneath the bike. So um, – just trying to keep an eye out for any particular kind of spots or drips or um, kind of dribbles or anything oozing out anywhere. Um, mm -hmm. On a hot day, this could be overflow from the battery or a radiator. Um, it could yeah. also be yep, particularly oil. if it's after a after a ride. Sometimes, mm. yep, yep. Um, it could also be uh, oil or a coolant leak. Um, which can be something actually quite quite nasty. So when when you're looking at um, if there are any kind of drops, if there's any kind of film or anything like that, that might signify oil, which um, is is pretty not good, um, and worth kind of getting checked out from a local bike store or a mechanic as soon as you can. Um, I think one of the things we also keep an eye out for when we do a check is also looking at the forks. So ideally wanting that the mm -hmm. forks in the front suspension to, to be nice and clean. If we're starting to see kind of any grime mm -hmm. or um, other kind of fluidy things on there, then that's a sign that there might be an issue with the seals on the forks, which is also worth having a look at. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, yeah, good point. yeah, with this, you know, your if if that goes on un, untreated, then starting to risk some some pretty major mm. and potentially quite expensive damage to the bike. Um, because of the fluids that are supposed to be in, not around or underneath. Yes. Um, <laughs> Absolutely spot on. Uh, but we also potentially, if, if if you notice it or don't notice it before you go out to ride and there is something there, potentially actually getting some pretty slippery things out on the tyres or you know around the outside of the bike as well, which can be really, really bad. Um, Mark, I know you had one bike that was consistently – getting some kind of fluid out and onto your legs and towards the exhaust for a while that took a, a bit mm. of time to to get that rectified and not only was it not a great feeling having this goopy fluid uh onto your nice leg, trousers yes. um it also was a sign mm. that there was something not quite right the seals or something um weren't working yeah yeah, yep. Um, it, it was. It ended up being an oil leak from somewhere, somewhere in the engine that was all fixable. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Any time that there is fluid coming out of your bike, other than possibly on a on a hot day after you've been for a ride, and you can see yeah little drops coming out of the 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 tubes that will often be feeding down through your frame towards the ground. Then it's um, yeah, anything other than that, then go and check it out from a bike shop. Go and ask someone to have a look at it and just see see if there is anything there that you need to be concerned about. Because, yeah, the, the takeaway from this is just nobody wants the wet spot. And sorry, but I've just been holding on to just throw that in there all day. So thank you. <laughs> I've done that now. Um, the next one I want to talk about is, uh, so I had tyres as an absolutely critical point of... Um, of your motorcycle's operation brakes obviously mm. are another one which are incredibly important so um i will uh add another one so okay a very good point about the fork seals mm. and having a look on the shiny bits on your forks to see if they're or really anywhere around those forks if it looks like there's anything leaking get that checked another one that you want to make sure there's nothing leaking is if you see any leakage uh at all in your braking system so that's up around where the brake pedals, the, you'll see a series of hoses going from your brake lever by your right hand and also probably down by your right by your right foot where the brake lever, the rear brake lever is. If you see anything at all that looks fluidy and it's a clear and vile tasting stuff that is brake fluid, don't try drinking brake fluid. Bad idea, bad idea. Um, then, yeah, anything that is like that, then get that get that checked out as quick as you can uh if there is a yeah if, if you can see anything and that also goes for um if you feel changes in the way your brake lever on uh, on your right hand or your brake pedal on your right foot if they start to feel different so if they start to feel like they're a bit spongier or it's getting close on your right hand to, um, you know, you're trying to brake and the lever's getting closer and closer to the handlebar uh, for you to be able to brake the same amount, then if if those things like that are starting to to feel just not right, 
then seriously go and get your brakes checked. Uh, yeah, it's it, it sounds so obvious, but again, some of the things that I see come into the workshop are just kind of defying description um, sometimes in terms of the risks that, that people do take. Um, one that is possibly not as uh, significant in terms of the impact if they're not working in terms of the brakes, but one that can be either inconvenient and or expensive is just getting to know a little bit about the sound of your engine. Now, the first thing is when you press the starter button to get your engine going, then does it feel like it's, or does it sound like it's turning over nice and quickly mm. when you press the starter button? Um, similar to if you've ever had a car that's getting a flat battery and it sort of starts to go when you're trying to turn it over when you turn the key. Exactly the same with a motorbike. Um, motorbike batteries are a lot smaller than car batteries. So they, they don't have to do as much work, but they're also a lot smaller. So uh, this is particularly important if you are not riding your bike as much over winter, then that is where it can be very, very handy to get what's called a trickle charger which is just a very simple battery charger, which uh, just keeps a little bit, of, um, little bit of juice going into your battery if you're not going to be riding it for, let's say, ooh, if you were having any more than maybe a month or certainly anything more than about two months, I reckon, where you're not going to be starting your motorbike at all over winter, then I would strongly suggest going and get a, um, getting a, a charger to put on the bike. Uh, charger might cost you a hundred bucks, but it will save you potentially one to two hundred bucks in a new battery at the end of winter when you jump on. And you find out that it's dead and it won't be re and it can't be recharged. Which sometimes, when batteries run completely flat, then that's it. You just might as well just buy another one. So that's starting. And the other thing uh, to listen to now, this is this is one that for new people, you won't really know what the sound of a happy engine is. Um, they all sound a little bit different. So all, all different makes and models of motorbikes sound a bit different. But do get used to the sound that your engine makes. And when it starts, I mean, the, the obvious thing is if it's making any, you know, loud clunking noises or coughing and spluttering or any other sort of loud, unusual noises, then it's, it's pretty obvious. Um, a, a wise old man once told me that uh, y your motorbike will tell you when something is wrong most of the time. And it'll tell you loud and clear when something's not right. So do get used to the sound of your bike, the sound of the engine when it's when it's running. And if something doesn't sound quite right or is starting to, to change, again, pop into your local bike store, ask, ask them nicely if they can just come out and have a listen and tell you if there's anything that they're concerned about. You will find sometimes that you'll jump at shadows. <laughs> um, you'll think, hang on, no, that doesn't sound right. No, no, something's not right there. And then you go and get a mechanic to listen to it. They say, no, it's a characteristic of the motorcycle. Good thing to check, but um, yeah, err on the side of caution because when you do have things on the internals of your engine starting to go wrong, um, they can be ex a very expensive thing to fix. So, so get to know thinking... your motor, get to know the sound of your motor. Yeah, go on, Kaya. Yeah, just to think about that, if, you, if you're someone who is new to motorbikes and hasn't been around them for a you know, as long as you might have and might not know what a yes. good happy engine sounds like any particular ideas about where to mm -hmm. 
find that out because I, I know for me shifting from the R3 to the MT-07, you explain that mm-hmm. slightly different engine configuration means the engine sounds different mm-hmm. at lower revs and, and at yep. idle. Um, and it took me a little bit to go, yes, oh, yeah. that, that, that's how it's supposed to sound. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think the important thing there is just getting to how – so firstly, uh, when you when you buy your bike, this is where it's important to get somebody who knows just what motorbikes sound like to come and have a listen. Mm-hmm. Um and when you when you get it and you start riding it around, uh, the, the the sound that it's making while while it is still in that state, just get used to hearing it in its normal state. Mm. And then it's when it shifts away from sounding the way that it did when you picked it up from the showroom or uh, wherever you wherever you've got it from, just get get your ears and your brain used to hearing the sounds that it makes, and you will learn about their character over time. And then when that character changes, uh, which can sometimes, if there's something wrong, then it can change quite quickly. And when you hear it making a funny noise that you've never heard it made, heard it make before, that's the time when, yeah, okay, does this mean now that there is something that's not quite right here? And that's when to get it checked out. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. All right, talk to us about chains, Kahiba. Chains. Oh, uh, this one I think is an interesting one because it's one actually quite, quite straightforward to to see and to notice and to keep an eye out for. And Absolutely. as someone who uh, is notorious for not doing these checks, this is one that's actually quite easy to do. Um, mm. So the idea with your chain, so between the um, engine and the rear wheel, um, there is an amount mm-hmm. that it should move. There should be enough kind of um, give in it to be able to move you know, a, a couple of mm-hmm. centimetres. Um, but anything more than that or anything less um, is indicative of an issue. So not necessarily... Yeah, if I could just jump in there just to explain that a little bit yeah. more... Um, just to say, when we're, when we're talking about play, and for people who don't know what that means, um, it means if you look at the uh, the midpoint of the bottom part of your chain, between where you can see it coming out from the front and where it touches the big sprocket on the back, look at that middle point and then get uh, your finger, if you don't mind getting your finger dirty, or get something else that you can put on it and just try and move that chain up as far as it'll go and then let it drop down as far as it'll go. If it's as tight as a guitar string, you have a problem. Um, if it is so loose that it's moving more than about two or three centimetres up and down, then you also have a bit of a problem and, and you need to adjust your chain tension. So when you hear us talking about play, that's what we're talking about. Sorry, Kahima. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you for, for clarifying that. And I think we've, we'll be making a quick little video snippet of that as well just to demonstrate that. There's also plenty of that um, other examples on, on YouTube and similar um, but this is, is something mm-hmm. that's worth having a quick look just to see, you know, maybe just have a quick glance at the angle. Does it look like it's it's sagging, this the lower part of the chain? Mm-hmm. Um, or does it look like it's it's relatively mm-hmm. taut? Um, and mm-hmm. uh, with that, when you're there, you'll also get a sense of, of just how clean the chain is as well. So this is something that's worth cleaning regularly, but also just getting an idea, is it, you know, got a lot of grime or other kind of things happening on it um, or is it overly greasy? You know, we want enough on there that mm-hmm. it's able to move 
freely and not be you know getting overheated or causing a lot of friction so it shouldn't be completely dry um, but neither should it be mm. absolutely caked and covered in mud and dirt and gungy um, grimy kind of stuff as well so enough on there for it to move but not not too bad that you you should be able to see each of the individual chains uh, the links on the chain as well mm. Yep. And if I could add something else in there, uh, again, about saving money, this is one of those things where mm. look after your chain and you can get tens of thousands of kilometers out of a chain and the pair of sprockets. Uh, neglect your chain and let it get either very dry or very dirty. Then you can chew through one in a, a, a few thousand kilometers. Yeah. And to get chains and sprockets replaced uh, for most bikes, you're going to be looking at three to four hundred dollars. So it it is a fairly significant cost that is so avoidable if mm. you just spend that time. Like Kahi was says, just checking it, and then later on we'll do a bit of a video about cleaning chains. But yeah, save yourself money. Look after your chain. Absolutely. So yeah. So it want it should be relatively taut, able to move a little bit, but not too much, not sagging. Um, it should be clean, uh, so not caked in kind of greasy, grimy mud, um, but neither should it be completely dry. Um, this puts the chain at risk of rust, um, which is going to affect mm -hmm. its longevity as well and ability to do the job it needs to cycling between um, yeah, the engine and the, the rear wheel. That's kind of a little, a little bit similar to just other general areas, just having a quick look for anything that might be loose or anything that might be damaged. So um, if you are mm -hmm. riding a bike that has fairings or the kind of covers, um, sometimes the screws that hold those to the bike can get loose. So having a quick check just to see mm -hmm. are there any screws that might be looking a bit wibbly wobbly or a little bit loose. Um, or any other parts of the bike, um, yeah, should all be nice and securely attached to each other. Uh, and yeah, that's easy enough just to say, does everything look pretty much like how it did last time we got on the bike? <laughs> yeah, spot on. And I have, uh, I think my scariest moment, which was evidence about why this is so important to do this kind of stuff was I'd been out for a ride, I got home, I was doing a bit of a clean and check over the bike and I discovered that one of the bolts out of the rear brake caliper had actually fallen out. Um, so yeah, I had been riding around with my rear brakes attached by one of the two large bolts that hold the whole thing on and stop it from flying loose and ending up in a world of pain. So uh yeah it, it it really is one of those things that sometimes you know, bits can vibrate loose um which i guess is the same as they can on a car but as we've talked about with our risk management when we're on motorbikes mm -hmm. um if, if it happens on a motorbike and it is something that is an important an important component then the impact of it falling off is uh yeah an, an impact in the way the bike rides is much higher compared to if you are if you're in a car mm. so take the time yeah absolutely mm. uh which is of course a reminder to myself uh Kaiwa, to take the time to do these checks <laughs> mm -hmm. yes indeed yes indeed 
All right, takeaways. What have we got from from this list, Kahima? Yeah, so so quick quick summary of that checklist. So first of all, tires. Do they have air in them? Bonus points if we're checking the tire pressure uh, and having a quick look to see if there's anything stuck in them. Uh, we're looking for any fluid out, around, or under the bike. Basically, anything that it shouldn't be mm-hmm. there. Uh, we're looking for brakes. Are they they feeling? Yeah, as they should, or are they potentially feeling a bit spongy, or, or any fluid in around the brake, uh, the brake cables, or anything like that? We are checking: does the engine sound right? Does it sound happy when we start it, um, or has it potentially been not ridden for a couple of months? We might need to just be checking the battery level as well. We're having a quick look at the chain: does it look like it's got the right amount of play and it's also clean and um, lubricated enough to be able to do its job and we're checking for any damage or anything that might be loose um, on the bike as well does it look does it look like it's roadworthy yeah that it's it's going to be okay to ride on mm. and this list overall you know might take a minute uh, a minute or so, just having a quick look around, looking around the bike to do a visual check of some of these things and a bit of a touch check as well. But in the long run, it could save a lot of money, uh, but also inconvenience, uh, potentially having to have the bike damaged or in the workshop for bigger repairs or, or other things as well. Mark? Hmm. And, and cost on that one as well, just to say that this is looking after your bike and doing these checks and spotting some of these issues earlier, it, it reduces the risk of bad things happening while you're out on the road. Mm. So, simple as that. You are, you, it's almost like uh, pre-flight checks. Think of it more that you are on something that is closer to, to an aircraft than, than a car. Yep. Um, which means that it is awesome, awesome fun when everything is going very well when you're on your motorbike and that's why a lot of people ride bikes because they're awesome um, but it it really is so important to keep your risk to a minimum by keeping your bike in really good good nick and and this is also a really good reason for you to regularly clean your bike from top to bottom uh, and Kahiwa again I'm looking in your direction um, <laughs> dear listener I'm getting the the, uh, the evil eye uh, at this point in time, because yes, I, I, am. I, I need to get more uh, practice cleaning the bike. <laughs> it's an area for growth for you, let's just say That's that. a great way of putting it, yeah. Uh, it, it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the, the, more, the more you get to know your bike, the more up close and personal you are with your bike, then the easier and earlier it is going to be to spot something that's not quite right, whether that's in the look or the feel or the sound of it. So, um, you know, there is a, a big thing about motorcycling that the more you do and the more you ride your bike, the more you are going to feel connected and very viscerally, physically connected to your bike mm. because you are sitting on the thing Um yeah, you know, riding it there is a that there's a connection between rider and bike, which is something that is pretty amazing once you once you really start to know your bike. So, touch your bike, clean your bike, connect with your bike, and and dare I say it, love your bike, um, <laughs> in in a physical sense, not a dirty sense, but um, no one was yeah, thinking get that to know it by no, of course they weren't. Um, 
yeah, really get that that sense of physical connection with your bike, so that you know, you know it like the back of your hand. Um, it is the only thing between you and the road. It is something that can bring you uh, huge amounts of feelings of joy and satisfaction and positive mental health mm-hmm. and all sorts of other amazing, amazing things that you can get out of being a motorcyclist. Um, but you need to. The, the, the more love you give to it, the more love it will give back to you. So here endeth that rant. But it was a nice rant, I think, this time, wasn't it? I, I think it was it wasn't a nice as well as rant. Doom the gloom as some of my other rants. No, yeah, no, good, it, it was good, pretty good, good. good. And yeah, the idea of of yeah, that the more we we are with our bike, the better we're going to know it and understand it. And I think particularly for you know, for, for women or, or people who are coming to motorcycling maybe without the same background um, experience or without people in our lives who also ride, you know, this is going to be a really good way to mm-hmm. to get to know your bike, to build your confidence in that you mm-hmm. do know your bike and you know how it works, you know how to look after it. It is going mm. to be a good, happy, safe experience when you go riding. It, it'll be something that will help to mm-hmm. reduce any potential kind of thoughts uh, about anxieties or anything like that. So, yeah, as you're saying, the more you touch mm. it, the more you'll get to know it, the more you'll connect with your bike, the the more you're going to have a better experience, I, I think, just riding. Um, mm. And that's a great thing to be. Yep. It's a great thing to be, and it's also incredibly empowering. Mm. The The more that you know about your bike when you are talking about it with other people, uh, when you're taking it in to get work done on it, um, yeah, the, the more connected you are with it, the more empowered you are mm. in terms of the, the knowledge of, of your own bike. So spend the time. It will be time well spent um, and, yeah, pays you back in a whole lot of different ways. So... Which brings us on to the next episode, which yes. is flowing on from this one. In our next episode, we are going to look at a few basic maintenance tasks that are easy to do and will help you keep your bike keep your bike happy. Um, as we've talked about, uh, that hopefully when you're doing your daily checks or your regular riding checks, that uh, you will not have any surprises because you're doing your basic maintenance tasks. Fantastic. So looking forward to, to learning all about that. Um, I'm, I'm keen to learn all about that alongside with you, dear listener. Uh, that will be a learning experience for us all. But until then, uh, please ride safe and have fun. This is Beyond the Pillion with your hosts, Kahiwa Sabai and Mark Drexler. Find us on Instagram and YouTube as Beyond the Pillion. Leave a comment to let us know what you'd like to know more about. And if you liked us, remember to rate, review and subscribe or share this episode with a friend. It really helps other people find the podcast.